On this episode of Resi Week, we talk the AV over IP revolution, and the new Apple TV has HDR and Dolby Vision. All this and more on this episode of Resi Week. The network for the AV industry. What are you listening to? This. This is AV. This. This. This is AV Nation. This is AV Nation. This is Resi Week, episode 273. Don't let things get gummy. Support for AV Nation is brought to you by Peerless AV, driving technology through innovation. Welcome to this episode of Resi Week. This is your weekly roundup of all the latest news and stories for the residential AV industry. I'm your host, Matt D. Scott for AVNation.tv. And this week, I'm pleased to be joined by three of my good friends. First, we have the one and only... Haggai Feiner, he's the president of Access Networks. How you doing, Haggai? Hey, Matt. Thanks for having me. I'm doing well. Thank you for being here, sir. Then we have Mr. Richard Fergosa. He is the principal at Fergosa Design. How are you? Good. Bella West Coast greetings. It looks like, I, at least on my screen, I'm on the left side of the coast along with a guy. So, working well. I'm glad, glad we were able to come in and pinch hit. Thank you so much. Then we have Katie McGregor-Bennett. She's the president of KMB Communications. How you doing, Katie? Hey, hey, I'm doing great. Thanks for having me on. You know, I've been planning for this for a very long time. I think it's about six minutes. and a half minutes. So, yep. Yeah, it's beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> no, th- thanks to, to Katie and Rich for filling in. Uh, Joe was scheduled, but unfortunately, uh, he had to deal with some medical stuff. He'll be fine. Family will be fine. But, you know, stuff happens. So thanks to the community for hooking us up. All right, let's jump in to a story that comes to us from CE Pro. How to prepare for the AV over IP revolution. Uh, If you haven't heard, AV over IP is a thing. It's important. It's coming to residential. It's here. It's in residential AV. Um, I I, I do love this article. It gives a a real good overview of essentially how to prepare for AV over IP, as you can imagine, and going through a couple of the the main points, especially uh, things like scaling and, and how you can start and where you can go from that. Haggai, you are the perfect person for this. It's like we handpicked you for this article. <laughs> when you, Thank you. You're welcome. Uh, when you see articles like this, when you see the conversations going around forums and, and all the messaging platforms that, that exist in our community, for the most part, most integrators are on board with the concept of this. Not every in- integrator has jumped in with both feet to make this uh, an actual part of their business. How do you encourage and, and caution dealers to make the jump into AV over IP? Encourage and caution. I, I think on... And- um, th- this is really discussed in the article itself. So big props to Brandon White from Vanco for putting this together. Uh, I think his read on the market is fairly accurate. Um, the encouragement is that I believe that video distribution is exclusively going in this direction. Meaning ultimately, you know, if we went from coax cables to HDMI to now IP, for example, I think I think the cables are going to get eliminated ultimately, and we will be left with uh, network-based offering or streaming, you know, or both, you know, to, to some degree, a combination of the two. 
And so the writing is on the wall as far as I'm concerned. But again, easy for me to talk because I've, I've seen the writing on the wall a long time ago. I would say on smaller projects, probably easier to handle where we've seen the limits being pushed with inside access is when you're talking about very large deployments, you're talking about multiple nodes, uh, many, many TVs, and then you're trying to squeeze content and turn everything on at the same time. And all of a sudden you realize that even that 10 gig uplink that you had between switches is not good enough anymore, right? Because that's being squeezed. And what do you do when you have 11 nodes of one gig on each switch and those two switches have a 10 gig link and it's not enough. So we can go to 40 gig, we can go to 100 gig. I think the biggest lesson for me is that those large projects, as much as we've planned before for those deployments and we've created documentation and IP schemes and VLANs, when it comes to AV over IP and video distribution going exclusively to the network, that requires an extra layer of planning beyond just where those devices are gonna plug but how's everything gonna to work together as a cohesive system when you deliver that to the client? And we've seen you know, your, your pre-wire has to change, your equipment layout has to change, some technologies within those switches are changing. And so when you're selling this job today and maybe you're expecting if it's a big sprawling estate, probably a year or two from now to go install, even between now and then some things are gonna change. Mm -hmm. But I can tell that ultimately there are a lot more tools in the toolbox that, that we see to help us deal with those challenges than what historically you've had with other distribution systems where you're really canned into whatever the manufacturer gives you. The network has a lot of tools to deal both with troubleshooting uh, and with the capacity that is required. Question is, are integrators independently going to be able to take on this burden on their own? And I could tell you, obviously, that's part of the reason Access Networks was created, so. Very good. Mr. Fragosa, when you when you see this, the Haggai did a really good job of, of covering kind of the, the ultra high end, the, the large scales where those those choke points come. On the low side, is there is there actually a business case for it to jump in from the low end or, or, or from an entry level and go AV over IP? Or does it just make more sense to go to a localized solution where you're hanging things off a display as everyone has essentially gone streaming. It, it, it limits the the network load, it, it limits the complexity. Is that kind of the, the, the future for the, the entry level of AV over IP? It goes back to your business model. Um, you know, are you going to put yourself in a position where you are having to very quickly and cost-effectively deploy solutions that aren't yours uh, at low profit margins, uh, to no profit margins um, in that solution and deliver a result that's being pushed by the telcos, that's being pushed by the cable companies, that's being pushed by the satellite TV providers. You know, that if that's your model and, you know, and some dealers are doing it successfully, right? Some dealers are saying, yeah, we'll do 20 installs, you know, every other day and we'll push through and this is how we work and and this is our process right we we just we turn and burn and so there's there's room for that in this market um i think that as you determine if your role from a uh, from a technology advisor standpoint becomes a matter of saying yes this is an option this is a cost-effective option and these are the compromises because again 
it all comes back down to looking at your client, who you are as a company. Now, AB over IP, there's going to be a certain point where you have no choice. The the point to point products, the the products that in in Hugai called it right. We started out originally with coax. We were doing RF distribution. Then we went to point to point composite, S video component. Then we moved to HDMI. You know, digital over. Cat5 in a point-to-point without an IP version, and then now AV over IP. I mean, it's a progression of the of the technology, and manufacturers are going to look at it and say, we're selling less of these. So there's going to be a point that they're going to sunset the product. So you may not necessarily have a choice um, in terms of your product offering. So you have to take a look and say, am I either going to let the telcos provide all of these services, and I come in and I'm the hookup guy, um, or are we going to provide managed services, provide the ease of use, the uh, what we view as the reliability, the convenience features, the ability to synchronize a show across an entire state? So, mm-hmm. so I would say we could do both while also selling a lighting solution and a shading solution and whatever else is needed for the project based on the homeowner need and expectation. Meaning, yeah. sure, these things are changing and we're we're going IP on video distribution. And maybe in years past, the video distribution system was the most expensive ticket on the project. But today, that reality is changing. And so we need to continue and adapt as we have in the past. Yeah, very good. Katie, uh, following up on this, one of the parts of the article that I, I, I do appreciate is the IT opt-out. We're seeing, to Hegai's point, to Rich's point, a lot of people are, quote-unquote, happy to do your network and they may not really know what they're doing beyond configuring that cable co modem and and uh, you know layer one switch <laughs> what is the what is the point that most integration firms can either train up to be a proper network engineer for this world versus going out and, and hiring a network engineer that may or may not because there, there's a very it, it's a very small list of manufacturers and independent contractors shall we say that can do network engineering on a high level but that's focused on residential and not traditional corporate it where's that where's that disconnect where's that that move or are we going to see a lot more companies spurn out kind of like hey guys <laughs> no, we're not going to see more a lot more companies like like Access Network spurring out because they're they're fitting the need of the integration community so well. Small plug there. No, but the to, to kind of a multifold answer to to your question is I think that there's what Rich mentioned a minute ago is it, it kind of you got to look at your business model and I think that first and foremost is look at your business model and what can you take in-house or, or continue to, to offer and, and serve to this level of expertise um, where you're, you know, you're willing to be that end-all resource, or do you need to, to have an outsource community available to you for those projects that deem worthy of, of the additional level of service? And I, you know, the, as a business owner, principal, executive team, you, know, you really just need to take a look at the model and what will it best support and what can you afford to do. The, the good news is, and kind of you know, my, my joking plug at the beginning for, for access, but you know, there are so many manufacturers now in the industry that have taken design services or design consulting 
under their wing and are offering that to the integration community in many cases free of charge. You know, they are there to help you put together these solutions in such a way that they will perform well on the other end. Obviously, it's not just as easy as involving just one manufacturer when you're talking about all of the AV gear that's that's potentially connected. But if you start with a, with a strong foundation and get that right, it's it's my belief that then the additional pieces, you know, components and, and devices on top of it will inherently be in a position to, to perform and, and continue performing optimally. There's all, you know, there's the bolt-on to it. So it's like once you get the install done, then what do you do about service and support? And I think that's that's part of looking at, at the model is once, you know, once a project is done or this phase of the project is done, then does it make sense for you as the installing integration firm to be the one to continue doing the support? Or is it kind of, are you, have you kind of reached your cap? And at that point, do you need to find somebody to sort of hand that ongoing relationship off? Again, it, it depends on the project and it depends on the scope of, of your business. As a communicator and someone who works with brands, it's just I think you just need to look at your look at your model and, and be true to your brand. You know, what, what are you guys trying, you know, are you guys, gals, your team, what are you trying to accomplish? And can you do that in-house and does it make sense financially, emotionally? You know, all of those, you know, check those boxes. I just wanted to jump in on one quick thing about this that a guy said, um, you know, about the hybrid model. Um, you know, we keep talking about video over IP because it's the sexy part of it, right? You know, everybody's got these streaming devices. Audio over IP in the resi space is mm -hmm. quickly accelerating. I am seeing a whole lot more functional, reliable, scalable AES67 and Dante solutions that are out there. Personally, from a consultant standpoint, I find that I am specifying more professional, commercial, standardized products because they support this hub-and-spoke model. Because the big problem is you say, okay, well, great, you've got your local cable box, you've got your local Apple TV, whatever you have in a room. And if that client asks you, well, I've got a Super Bowl party or I've got an Oscars party, how do I play this over this you know, 18-room stereo system that you sold me? Uh, let me get back to you on that. Now we can say, great with these solutions, we have the ability to go ahead and, you know, it, it, it will follow you or it'll spread anyway across. And I think that that's something that um, for the CI market, uh, you know, again, we keep talking about Resimercial, uh, it, it's, you have to be willing to embrace it. Uh, the way that you've been selling it is not the way you're going to continue selling it if you want to stay in business. You know, we, we covered um, Dante specifically in the residential space a couple of months ago you'd have to we'd have to look it up uh to, to see exactly where that was and before we covered it I, I reached out to a lot of integrators i knew just to see who was playing with it and the response i got back was shall we say lackluster and in in a couple of conversations about it when i got the lackluster response i, I kind of did the do you, do you do you know what it is though like, do you actually understand what we're talking about? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like, I feel like you don't. Because if you did, you'd be way more excited about this than you are. <laughs> I don't know if that's changed yet. It's coming. It's coming. I'm, I'm very excited for it because we use it all the time in commercial. All right. Let's uh, change topics sort of, kind of, a little bit. Uh, coming to us from Residential Tech Today and Michael Heiss. At last, an Apple TV with 4K HDR and Dolby Vision with 60 frames per second and a high frame rate playback. Uh, before we jump into this, I, I'm, I'm super excited about the Apple TV, but I would be remiss if I... Why are you laughing already, Haggai? 
You don't know what I'm going to say. Well, but when you say but, you're kind of canceling what you just said. So go ahead. I, I, I am excited. I am very excited. But. I would be remiss. And. I would be remiss if I did not express my deep love for the new colored IMAX. It takes me back to, I believe, the G2s and the candy colored domes of wonderment. I'm so excited. And every elementary school lined up with the candy-colored yes. IMAX in your classroom. Oh, yes. The blues and the oranges and the um, pinks. I went to a public school. We didn't have Max because it was a public school. But... It was in Canada. <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> did, did anyone... Gosh, we're never going to get to this. Did anyone see the report of... There, there was a town in BC that lost their network both cable and ISPs because beavers because the beavers ate through the fiber <laughs> it was and, and the I feel struggle like struggle is real sometimes you just don't even know what's gonna we lost one of the entire uh, LTE networks on Monday last week or sorry Tuesday keep last going week and you're gonna lose all your subscribers let's go yeah alright sorry hey guys keeping well, us on most right of them. all right so if, if you missed it uh, the, the new Apple TV looks the same, costs the same, but it adds a cool new remote and Dolby Vision as well as, as we said, HDR. And one really cool feature where you can hold the phone up to your TV using the, the LiDAR light sensors in front of your iPhone 12, I believe. And it will calibrate the Apple TV for quote-unquote optimum performance. Heg is not impressed with that, but I am, so there you go. Uh, Rich, when you see this, Apple has been a little, shall we say, slow, tardy with some of their feature sets. Uh, they're, they're a little bit behind some of the Rokus and some of the other players. But they seem to, when they do bring it, uh, have that feature set be a little bit more polished, a little bit more uh, user-friendly, functional, et cetera, et cetera. Is this enough for them to kind of regain the, the, the crown as that proper top-shelf uh, media streaming device that they, they so want to be? Or is it still just a hobby? You know, Apple's position always was when they were looking at the product, well, you know, they, they didn't want to sell 10,000 of them. They wanted to sell 100 million of them. Yeah, that's Apple's always goal, right? Is that, that scale? Can you push it throughout? Uh, I will say this about Apple. Um, they are likely going to create some groundswell for HDR and Dolby Vision that the combined rest of our industry has pretty much failed miserably being able to get any type of overall consumer acceptance where they ask for it. I can guarantee that once these units start selling that integrators will get questions from the end user about HDR, about Dolby Vision. Though, the marketing machine behind Apple, you, I mean, you, you just can't discredit it. So regardless of whether there were other products that technically do it better mm -hmm. from the marketing side, um, you know, I mean, again, 8K is something that we have out there. We're not doing a great job talking about that. HDR has been around for quite some time. All of the different flavors of it. And this is an option where, again, like I'd say that for integrators, like jump on it. Absolutely. Because you can quickly go to a client and say, hey, by the way, have you heard there's a new Apple TV and it does HDR? And your client comes back and says, what do you mean about HDR? And you go, remember when I told you about these new TVs? 
And, and you know, again, this this in this industry now, you have to be more actively proactive about putting yourself back to the front of the line again with these consumer low-cost products in order to leverage your entire system ecosystem. I think a guy's going to agree there, which is use any angle you can to get back in the door. Because the minute you get in there, start selling everything else that goes with it. That's right. That's right. So let's say in our house, uh, we're we're designing a pretty cool family room because we don't we don't have separate rooms. It's just one big family room where the TV is going to be. But we've we've widened the fireplace so that we can get a bigger TV in there. We put in some custom built James speakers next to the TV so we can have some you know real built in speakers to the fireplace so that they have a back box and it's you know a more immersive experience. But we have speakers all over the ceiling. So I would love to tie in one of those new Apple TVs to that system. And if you look at cost and profit, how much money is the integrator making on the Apple TV? Who cares? Because all their money is being made in integration, control, audio, you know, and, and they're selling us all those products. So I think we're going to continue and take what the market gives us as far as tech advancements and the DIY side of things and apply them to our systems to achieve this insane end result. Because I know whoever comes in and watches TV with us is going to have a very different experience than they would otherwise, you know, watching a TV with built-in speakers at home. Definitely. Katie, one of the debates that I've had for years is I've, I've always been an Apple TV, TV fan as the product, not the streaming service or the app or, you know, anyways, um, marketing. But what what always comes up is you hear integrators go on and, and say well you know the roku has better control or it does this or it does that and i always come back to maybe it's my love affair with apple that you saw before Haggai yelled at me i always come back to the fact that apple's marketing outshines anything that i'm ever going to tell somebody i can tell them the roku controls better with their remote system they're going to say nine times out of ten yeah, but I want the Apple TV because I've got an iPhone. What is the best approach that an integrator can take to take a mass market device from a behemoth of a company like Apple, who doesn't care if an integrator ever sells an Apple TV, could care less, less than Amazon cares if you sell an, uh, an Echo, but take advantage of that marketing power and say hey you know this is the device you want it's going to make everything look better is there an opportunity there or is it just tagging yourself to a you know product that you can buy anywhere so okay i don't want to get slaughtered over this for my for my Custom installation, brothers and sisters. But I, you know, I think much to Haggai and Rich's point. You know, this is that you're not going to change the behavior of the consumer in terms of what camp they're firmly planted in, whether Android or iOS. So embrace the fact that they already have a relationship potentially with Apple that is potentially much more significant than the relationship that they have with you only by virtue of the fact that they're using their phone all day long for a hundred different things or more right so you know i think there's a lot of conversation just in marketing about meeting your customer where they are 
I, I take that and, and sort of translate that a bit as, you know, kind of resist the urge to, to, to fight it and, and lean in, meet the, meet your customer where they are and, and do what you do so well, which is create the custom solution around that thing and create a much better, a much more immersive, much more robust experience. And that's the thing that, that you and only you can do and bring to the table in a way that you and your company do it. It doesn't, it, to me, it really shouldn't matter that there's an Apple TV at the core of that thing or not. Meet your customers where they are. If it's something that they're interested in, it's something that their friends have, you know, it, it, it would be awkward for them not to have it. And it's super easy. You know, all of those, it, checking boxes again, it checks the boxes. So just embrace it, but then build your service and support and your product base around it so that you're making up potentially for, for what you might be losing. Just look, look past the fact that it's a mainstream thing you just you know we just we have to accept that mainstream has a has a role in custom it's just a matter of what you do to take and elevate and amplify just like we do in communications you know elevate and amplify what that which that thing can do and and really show what what you can bring to the table and make that be the thing that shines through that's my recommendation i don't know if it really answers the question per se as you meant intended but no you're good all right we are going to leave it there thank you all for joining us Haggai, if people want to connect with you, learn more about Access Networks, where can they do that? Twitter is probably best because I'm always available on Twitter. So uh, my handle is Haggai Finer. Excellent. Thank you, sir. Mr. Fergosa, thank you for joining us. If people want to connect with you, learn more about Fergosa Design, where can they do that? Uh, you can type my name into the interwebs, but uh, best place probably is Twitter, at Fragosa. You can also find the company at Fragosa Design. But first and foremost, as I will always say, the best place I would hope you find me is on avnation.tv in our suite of shows. Hopefully uh, you'll join us on our show, A State of Control, with my partner Steve Greenblatt, where we talk about the automation side of this thing uh, here on Resi Week with my friend. But most importantly, find me by supporting our sponsors. Come on now. Some brothers gotta eat. Such a great plug, man. Wow. Wow. Puts mind to shame. (laughs) Katie, my friend, thank you for joining us last minute. If people want to connect with you, learn more about KMB, where can they do that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, KB, KMB Communications, you find us all over the uh, all over the sphere. You just KMB Communications look for us there. Um, Katie McGregor Bennett, again, to look for me and you find me. My handles are different all over the place because, you know, and once you get married, things get gummy. And that's your PSA for the day. Don't let it get gummy. Figure out your handles to begin with before you get married. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I just had to keep going because Rich was so Especially you, Matt. So, you know, well, he was so detailed, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I get it. All right. Yeah, that's... How about you, Matt? How about me? Mine was easy. I, I didn't have to change my name, and my wife didn't technically have to change hers either. It's amazing. When you marry somebody who's already named Scott, it just just happens. All right. When you Thank mar- you. Marry your cousin. Say what? When do you marry your cousin? Well, you know. All right. Canada, what are you going to do? She's from New York. We're not related. Stop it. all right this show is gonna be awesome mitchell please don't edit anything just leave it straight up all right thank you all for joining this is as as awesome as my schitt's creek twitter storm that i started and literally responded for a week with nothing but a schitt's creek meme So you're going to get one at the end of the show because that's how it is. All right. Thank you for joining us. If you'd like to connect with me and find out more about Schitt's Creek, you can do it at Matt D. Scott on Twitter. But more importantly, please visit avnation.tv where you'll find this show as well as a wide variety of other shows with all the verticals that we cover.
when you visit the website, please take a moment to check out our supporters. We are extremely thankful for their support and ask that you check them out as well. Thanks again for watching. That's all the time we have for this episode of Resi Week. Thank you.